You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Twenty years ago this month, I stepped into a season where I experienced a whirlwind of change in a very short period of time. I had just graduated from high school and my family was preparing to move from my hometown of La Trobe to Beaver Falls. Two weeks later, I would move again, only this time from Beaver Falls to Springfield, Missouri for my freshman year of college. Honestly, it was a pretty rough month for me. Everything that had been routine and comfortable in my life changed all at once. Now, I don't know how you feel when change happens like this in your life. For me, I hate it. I hate change. I cry through the final episodes of TV shows. Heidi thought I'd lost it when we watched the final episode of The Office and I couldn't hold it together. It's because I can't stand goodbyes. They destroy me on the inside. You see, while I love being creative, I love doing things out of the box, I also absolutely love routine and what's familiar. I'm most comfortable with consistency and regularity. I love the feeling of walking into Starbucks and the person behind the counter already knowing what I'm going to order because I'm there so often. I love being able to walk down Main Street and see people I know. I love the familiar. I love things that are regular and constant. And because of that, these moves as a young 18-year-old were incredibly difficult. Why? Because change is hard. And as I've grown up and matured a little bit over these last 20 years, while change is still difficult, I've learned some important lessons over the years about change. And in fact, some of the most important lessons of my life came through that season, even though it was hard. And today, I want to share one of the really important lessons I learned with you. It's actually something I talked about on the first Sunday of this crazy year we call 2020. It's this that nothing changes if nothing changes. And now we find ourselves here in a season where maybe for you it feels like too much is changing and I'm with you, it's overwhelming. As we prepare to step into the fall, kids are getting ready for school, there are so many things we're trying to balance. Where are kids going? What's happening? All this crazy stuff is coming our way. And I want to revisit this idea uh, about change from a little bit of a different angle than we talked about in January. If you want to listen to the message, you can go back to uh, our our Facebook page and watch that. But while life is definitely different in our personal lives, and it probably is going to continue to be so, what's happening in our world at large is becoming increasingly difficult to handle. Cities are burning. People are angry with each other about everything, big things and small things. Businesses are closing their doors. People are being killed because of the color of their skin. Our country is divided in ways we haven't seen in decades. And and as I watch the news or browse the interwebs, uh, sometimes it almost feels like the whole world is coming apart at the seams. So so the question that I want to ask is, is what do we do as followers of Jesus? Do we just sit back and pray that things change? Do we keep to ourselves and just hope that it all somehow blows over? And there's a video. Now remember what I mentioned a few moments ago. Nothing changes if nothing changes. There are a lot of solutions being presented on TV, the radio, and online. Economic reform, that the solution is money. Or political reform, that the solution is the right candidate. Or or social reform, the solution is better legislation. And while I don't disagree that each of these solutions might bring a measure of change, 
I don't really believe any of those are the ultimate change our world desperately needs. That's because I don't believe the true problems ailing our world are really money problems or political problems or even legislative problems. The issues we're dealing with ultimately are a spiritual problem. Our world is burning because our country has a heart issue. It's the same issue that has plagued the human race from the beginning of our existence. Now, if you rewind 2,000 years to the first century world, Jews living in Jerusalem and throughout the Judean countryside were facing some incredible challenges as well. Following an attempted overthrow of Roman rule about 150 years prior during the Maccabean Revolt, Romans came down even harder and stricter on the Jews. And while the promise of Messiah had been shared with every generation of Jews going back thousands of years, for many Jews it felt like a lot of empty promises and false hope over and over and over again. And then we come to this special spring day in the first century in downtown Jerusalem. It was seven weeks past one of the holiest days on the Jewish calendar, the Feast of Passover. This particular day was actually the day of another Jewish feast, the Feast of Pentecost. Because of this, thousands of Jews had traveled from all over the world to gather in Jerusalem. Early in the morning on that particular day in downtown Jerusalem, there was a very abnormal sound that started to circulate. This unique, uncommon moment would be so transformational that it would be recorded in the New Testament book of Acts, chapter 2, for generations that would follow to always remember what happened. It's equally a timely reminder of what could be possible in our own struggles that we're facing today. And here's what took place. It's recorded in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? Then, then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthenians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked asked one another, what does this mean? Can you say this with me, that last question, what does this mean? One more time. Does this, there we go. And uh, today... Uh, as, as it would probably be the case, this was incredibly abnormal for a first century Jew, or really anyone living in Jerusalem, Jew or not. And, and as odd as this moment would be, as there was this sound of wind and flames floating on people's heads, and people began to speak in languages they'd never spoken uh, of before, this remarkable supernatural moment would set in motion something that would foundationally change the world for thousands of years to come. Coming out of this unusual moment on that spring day in Jerusalem, groups of people empowered by the Holy Spirit would begin gathering together in homes and talking about the teachings of this man named Jesus. 
These people would eventually multiply themselves and begin gathering outside of Jerusalem in cities across the Roman Empire. In one city, particularly the city of Antioch, these, these uh, people would be referred to as Christians for the very first time. Eventually, these gatherings of Christians would be referred to as an ecclesia, a Greek word literally meaning called out ones. And as a result of this new movement that began, the Roman world would begin to change as well. In fact, things changed so significantly that less than 200 years later, the Roman Emperor Constantine would issue the Edict of Milan in 313 AD, beginning the process to take what had previously been illegal in the Roman Empire, being a follower of Jesus, to actually be nearly required. The church and followers of Jesus didn't settle for things as they were, but they set out to be catalysts for change because they recognized something that's really important. Change, nothing changes if nothing changes. And, and, and this isn't an isolated situation, but the church, which is the English translation of ecclesia, has continued to change the world generation after generation. And, and if you did even just a surface study of American history, you would see one group that has constantly been at the forefront of educational reform and establishing some of our country's premier universities. Who, is, who has been a part of medical advancements through the construction of some of the great hospital systems in our country. And who has consistently been on the front lines of social reform. In all of those cases, the one constant that you would always see popping up, being present, is the church. You see, when what we saw take place in the first century through the early church is just as viable and relevant for us today in the 21st century. Because nothing changes if nothing changes. And at a time where gathering in person has become more difficult and complicated than it's ever been in American history, we can easily fight as Christians for the right or privilege to gather just so that we can be the church. And in doing so, we'll completely miss the actual thing that has identified the church for over 2,000 years. Not our ability to gather, but rather our ability to be catalysts for change in our world. If we're going to see a world that is broken and battered, experience healing and wholeness, it ultimately is going to start with us. It ultimately starts with the church. And today, I'm not asking you to support a candidate. I'm not going to ask you to get behind certain legislation or even to give money. What I am asking is, are you ready to change the world with me? If you're tired of business as usual, the same problems plaguing society over and over and over again. History constantly repeating itself. If you're tired of sitting on the sidelines and watching the world collapse around you, let's do something about it. It's time we stop playing church or even just coming to church. It's time we start to actually be the church, the body of Christ, the great catalysts for change that God intends us to be. Let's no longer be known as the complainers of our world. Let us be known as catalysts for change in our world. Because nothing changes if nothing changes. Let's change the world together. So, so how do we do that? We, we do it together. We will change the world as we're willing to talk about the hard things in small groups. As we're willing to step out of our comfort zones as the Holy Spirit prompts us. As we're willing to, to give of ourselves sacrificially for the sake of another human being. 
This is what it means to be the church. This is why we exist here at Calvary. And while I know this is a little bit of a different message and approach to a message, we live in a different time. The the time of doing business as usual is over. It's time, church, that we rise up in the face of obstacles and opposition, that we love like Jesus did, that, that we serve like our heroes of the faith have for centuries, that we are willing to step out and be used by God to take the brokenness of our world and transform it into something incredibly beautiful. And if you're willing and you're ready to join us on this incredible journey of change, let's stop attending church. Let's stop gathering just in person or online. Let's do something. Yes, it's, it, it might not be easy or comfortable, but when we work together, we get to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And we get to be part of transforming this world that is burning. You can, you can join a group and have some of those hard conversations by going to groups.calvaryirwin.com and, and jump into a group. This is where, where God can change you on the inside so you can change the outside. Or, or you can join a team by going to teams.calvaryirwin.com by making a difference in a child's life or being a smiling face that's greeting people as they walk in so that the Holy Spirit can open their heart and they can change them. Or, or you can join the Calvary Cares team as we step out to serve our hurting world. There are so many ways we get to do this together. The most important thing is, though, that we change the world together. Because nothing changes, ultimately, if nothing changes. My vision is that we as Calvary Church could become a force that our county and region have never seen before. A force that causes the world outside these walls to have the same response people did on that first century spring day in Jerusalem. What's recorded in Acts chapter 2 verse 12. They were amazed and perplexed. They asked one another, what does this mean? Imagine what could happen in our world if we as the church didn't just attend church, but if we were willing to put into action our words and do something different to change the world. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Would you bow your heads as we pray this morning? Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you, Lord, for how you've set us up as a church. God, in such a difficult time, Lord, to be the change that our world so desperately needs. God, empower us and equip us. Use us in a mighty way to make a difference in our world through our actions, our time, and our efforts. We thank you, God, for the privilege of being used by you to be a catalyst for change in our world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And today, we are really blessed to get to celebrate with a number of individuals who are taking the step of baptism, who who are taking that physical step that symbolizes the change that has happened inside of them in their hearts. So let's celebrate together with those being baptized this morning. This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.